Hello everyone. Before we start today's podcast, some exciting news for you. You can experience the Inside Politics podcast live in Dublin on May 16th when Hugh Linehan, Jennifer Bray and I will be joined by Cliff Young of Ipsos, one of America's top pollsters, to talk about the US election, our own local and European elections and much more. It's a breakfast event kicking off at 8am in Trinity College. If you'd like to attend, you can get tickets at irishtimes.com forward slash events. That's irishtimes.com forward slash events. I hope we see lots of you there. Have you done one of these before? No, I haven't. So yeah. you tell me that I talk too much? Uh, no, uh, no, no, yeah. but no, no. Everybody, <laughs> talk, everybody talks too much. So we're all under strict instructions to keep both our questions and our answers okay. just a little bit yeah. more. And who would be the principal offender? I've always said that the election should happen at the best time for the country. Now is that time. Oh, come, nobody ever reads manifestos during the election, Sean, you know oh, that. Really? Look, they've taken our policies. They are bereft of policies. For every person that likes you, there have to be people that hate you in equal measures. This is Election Daily, a special series from the Inside Politics team at the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linnan, and with me today from our political team are Harry McGee and Pat Leahy. You're both very welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, Hugh. Harry, just 23 days to go to polling day and oh you're going to be live blogging pretty much all of them. I think what? I'll be dead blogging what by is, the time the campaign is over. What is the purpose and provenance uh, of the Irish Times election live blog and what's it like so far? Well, I think just the nature of campaigns has changed and rather than in, in the past, there might be one or two events a day and then there might be a big television or a radio show down. But we, we live in an age now where where everything is delivered uh, uh, immediately, uh, spontaneously, and um, campaigns take on their own dynamic, and the dynamic can change in the course of minutes rather than hours. So we thought it was it was it was important for us as uh, the paper of reference and the media organisation of reference, perhaps to try to give a sense of that election campaign as it unfurls, so people get a, get a sense of how an election campaign happens in real time, as it were. And today we were given a, a very, very good illustration of how things can quickly change in the course of a day. All of the parties have a grid. They have their messages prepared. They have their policies prepared. They have their voted opportunities prepared. But sometimes a throwaway remark or some random comment uh, can really uh, deeply influence uh, the actual nature of how that particular campaign is covered. So what happened? Well, essentially, there was a, a horrific accident on the banks of the Grand Canal near Leeson Street Bridge, where a team from the council, armed with a mechanical digger, essentially, went to clear one of the tents that is congregated along the, the banks. And uh, for some reason, as yet unexplained, uh, the, they didn't realise that there was a man inside the tent. And um, when they removed the tent, he suffered really serious injuries, what have been described as life-changing injuries, which would be essentially catastrophic uh, injuries. And it really brought to the fore, uh, amongst other things, a a political question, and that's really looking at the issue of homelessness to which it was related. So the Taoiseach was asked about that at the press conference today, and he gave a a response to it uh, that was very political in nature and that was surprising and seemed uh, to a lot of those who heard it uh, to uh, represent a kind of a, a political tone deafness uh, 
uh, to the sensitivities of the issue. So he started off by expressing his concern about the incident, as, as one would. But then he seemed to be quite quick to turn around and to say that the the statement that was required in this issue because the responsible person was the Lord Mayor of Dublin, Paul McAuliffe, who happens to be a member of Fianna Fáil. And a political rival. And that just didn't seem to be the, the right note to strike uh, for the Taoiseach of a country uh, in responding to such an issue, to, to make of it essentially a political football. And as it happens, our colleague Fia Kelly was out with the Taoiseach and he uh, pushed him on that question. Are you trying to make a political issue by spreading the blame to the Lord, Lord Mayor, who is not a member of your party? Oh no, I, I, didn't, I didn't mention blame at all and I don't think anyone... So was, the Lord Mayor should make a statement. You seem to be widening the issue out from the question asked of yourself. Well, I, I have answered the question and uh, I think it's reasonable uh, that the Lord Mayor of Dublin, who is politically accountable for Dublin City Council, should also make a statement. I'm sure he'd be willing to do that. So Pat, what do you make of that? Is that the significant... Uh, is it, does it tell us something about you know, the way that the Taoiseach sometimes gets things wrong in terms of tone? or That's the way it seems to me. Yeah, it does. But it also tells us something about the nature of campaigns and how they work. Because this was this story was around yesterday and yesterday, yesterday evening. It was in papers this morning. It was reported, but it only became a big campaign story when the Taoiseach made that very political response to it, attempting to, uh, to I think, it seems to me, to find a political angle to the detriment of his chief opponents. And Paul McAuliffe, the Lord Mayor, who has no operational responsibility whatsoever for anything that happened near the, uh, the Grand Canal and uh, in, 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 in the events we've described, uh, he's not just a political opponent. He's Fianna Fáil's number one chance to gain a seat in Dublin, in the constituency of Dublin North West, where his most likely victim, if he is to take a seat, is Fine Gael's No Rock, who's close ally of the Taoiseach. And uh, I, I think what you see happening today is a story that was essentially an inside an inside news page story that, you know, people think story, is a terrible yeah, tragedy yeah. and obviously an accident suddenly becoming a political story, but backfiring in a way on the Taoiseach because it has now become the story of the second half of the day, not necessarily about the circumstances of the man's injury and what lay behind them because we don't actually know all that much about that or very little about that um, at the moment. But all of a sudden, here's a story about the politics of that and the result of that is that I suspect this will be on all the front pages tomorrow. And Harry, I think that Pat makes that point there, but it seems to me there's another question which is hanging over this campaign, perhaps that we haven't touched on so far, which is the question of Leo Varadkar as a successful campaigning leader of a party, chosen for that reason um, some years ago by Fine Gael, but unproven, and you are the people who have been watching him day in and day out in the doll as he performs. He seems to have this tendency sometimes to just have a lash out, um, which may you know, may work for his fans in some ways, but can kind of get him onto the wrong the wrong foot as well. I mean, it, it's it's always really hard to gauge how good a Taoiseach is going to be until he or she becomes Taoiseach because there are different responsibilities involved with being the leader of not only your political party, but also the leader of government and leader of uh, the country. And to, to a certain extent, in terms of campaigns and campaigning as a Taoiseach, Leo Varadkar is unproven. I must say that during the leadership battle with Simon Coveney in Fine Gael, I was impressed by him. He wasn't a, as natural a speaker on the stump perhaps as Michal Martin might be but in terms of 
Q&A sessions, in terms of sparring, in terms of responding to questions, I thought he was quite good. So I think that he will probably hold his own. But I think the points that you and Pat were making there uh, was is quite correct. He can be guilty from time to time of making kind of careless, flippant, throwaway remarks uh, that display an extraordinarily tin ear to, uh, to, to the sensitivities of people. I think he makes less of those comments nowadays than he did in the past. He did have a reputation as straight-talking Leo at one stage who said what he felt, uh, sometimes to the detriment of his colleagues. I think Alan Chatter is still smarting after four or five years at some of the things Leo Varadkar uh, said about him. Uh, I think he has uh, perhaps subdued that instinct to a certain extent, but it hasn't been eradicated completely. We do hear and the thing him about coming a campaign. Ta- mm. The thing about a campaign is that it is happening in real time, in the full glare of very intense media scrutiny. And if you say something that you might get away with in peacetime, you won't get away with it in because a. In, Fear in, Kelly will in be there campaign. pointing his iPhone at you, and it'll go all over the internet. And nobody wants that. <coughs> and it will be tweeted, and it will be up on social media, and it will be covered by the the airwaves, as happened today, and within an hour. That story had escalated from from a single comment into essentially the big running story. Maybe of the, the, day. Fir- the, fir- the first landmark of the campaign. Pat, you were at the Fianna Fáil launch today, and I want to talk about that in a moment. But first, I just want to say again that if you would like to support this podcast, the way to do it is extremely simple. Just go to irishtimes.com slash subscribe and sign up for a digital subscription to the Irish Times. You get the first month for just one euro for unlimited access to all your analysis and quality journalism and not just news, but business and sport and lifestyle and even culture, which is my particular bailiwick, but you can get all that at irishtimes.com slash subscribe. Now, back to uh, the Fianna Fáil launch. Exciting? Not exciting? Marks out of 10, Pat? Well, well <laughs> I'm not sure if it's all that exciting, but it was uh, it was interesting. Pretty strong, confident performance by Michal Martin, who spoke for 10 minutes or so and then answered questions for a further 40 or 50 minutes. What struck me about it is that he was very much seeking to claim the mantle of change. He said, you know, you know, there's the Fine Gael view of Ireland, which is that things are going fine, you know, just put us in for another five years. And there's the Fianna Fáil view, which is that we need a change to deal with these pressing issues of housing and homelessness and childcare and the health system and so forth. And he didn't outline in detail what Fianna, Fianna Falls proposals are going to be. He said they will do that over, not unreasonably, he said they will do that over the, the course of the, uh, of, the, uh, of the campaign. But what he stressed was that, you know, we will be a change from Fianna, Fianna Gael and the way we will be uh, a change from Fianna Gael is that we will deliver all these things. He constantly stressed Fianna Fáil's ability to deliver in government. And in a way, it seemed to me that what he was promising is change, but not all that much change, you know, just a bit of a change for the better. We will, we will do the things that Fine Gael keep promising to do but can't do because they've been in government too long and they're, uh, they're, 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 they're isolated from people and they're incompetent and so forth. So he, he didn't set out a radically, you know, to, 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 to make an understatement, he didn't set out a radically different 
policy agenda. He basically said, we will be better at doing the things that we all know have to be done, reform of the health service, building more social housing. He just said, Fianna Fáil will be better at operating the levers of government to do that. Now, that is either, depending on your point of view, not really that much of a change at all, or it is a very clever pitch to what Irish voters might want, which is... A little bit yes, of change. Yes, a bit of change, <laughs> but not too much change. It is perhaps so, but it strikes me as quite a... It's, it's a tricky enough line to walk because every opposition, you know, that's looking to supplant the, the, the sitting government wants to present itself as change, wants the word change associated with it. But in order to do that, you have to kind of bring that, bring that home, can't you? And a little bit of change can be... All things to all people or nothing to nobody. It can. There's a very famous uh, remark that Declan Kybert made years ago when delivering a Thomas Davis lecture. He said, the, Our, Ireland is a nation of apple lickers. If we were in the Garden of Eden and the apple was presented to us, we wouldn't take a bite of it. We'd merely lick it, you know. <laughs> so you'd want to try to taste that change without actually uh, affecting it. And it seems to me that perhaps... Uh, in, in another way, in another guise, that's what Fianna Fáil is advocating. Of course, Fine Gael is advocating no change. Uh, twice or three times over the past uh, 24 hours, Taoiseach Leo Varadkar has been talking about it's only half time in Brexit. And essentially the message, not even a subliminal message, the direct message is, trust me and Simon Coveney and Helen McEntee and the team. Uh, we're the only team that, that can assuredly deliver Brexit like we have done in the in the first half. And I mean, you know, you're not expecting too much change from, from Fianna Fáil. Fianna Fáil are not a party of the left. They're a centrist party like Fine Gael. And I think that when they're in government, if there is change, the changes will be nuanced and subtle rather than radical. So the Greens had a launch today as well. Was that any more anything more concrete in well, it than the Fianna Fáil I, one? Well, I mean, there, there was more talk of, uh, of real change, I suppose, or more substantial change, um, I think, uh, in that, you know, Green Party leader Eamon Ryan stressing the uh, magnitude of the changes that Ireland would have to make over the next term of government, the next decade, in order to meet the challenges of climate change, both preparing for its effects and seeking to mitigate um, its progress. Uh, one thing I think that he said that will um, uh, that we'd, we'd, we'd report a little bit on before, but I think will become a very serious issue if the Greens find themselves negotiating a programme of government with anybody after the election where he's talking about diverting resources from uh, already planned uh, transport projects, that is to say roads, into public transport. And I think the Greens will make that an absolute red line in any programme for government negotiations, that they will want roads, projects cancelled, and uh, they will want that, that money. That will be politically their money, interesting. Yes, it, it will. They will want the money di- diverted towards uh, towards public transport. And I think that, uh, as I say, that could be a point of some significant political contention. You know, the other thing I suppose you would say of uh, of the launch is there's very much an expectation of everybody observing politics that the Greens are going to do well in this election and you see projections and predictions uh, around the place that they will be and, and I think they're right and Harry is more qualified to cover, comment on this given his magnum opus for the, uh, for the paper but they will be competitive at least in every single Dublin constituency or almost every Dublin constituency and, and a couple in more ones, besides and a couple of more besides yeah. uh, Harry uh, um, the your magnum opus was mentioned there and we'll go into it in some detail uh, probably later in the week or perhaps next week. I mean, how many seats are you projecting for the Greens? 
I think the Greens are going to get um, about 10 seats overall. I think they, they'll, they, they have potential to win seats in every Dublin constituency with the exception of uh, Dublin, Dublin Northwest, West, uh, which is a three-seater, um, and also uh, Dublin Midwest. They did poorly enough in that in the by-election. Uh, they have a good candidate, Peter Kavanagh, but Paul Gogarty, a former Green Party TD, has acted as a kind of a drag there for the Green Party, and they might have difficulty overcoming that in the general election. They also have chances of winning seats in maybe five or six other constituencies around the country. Mm. Cork South Central in particular, uh, Limerick City perhaps, Galway West, uh, Waterford, Wicklow, uh, Kildare North, uh, where they've never really had a strong presence before. But it depends. You know, you could have a 1992 situation uh, like the Spring Tide or the Gilmore Gale, as it was called in 2011, where one party kind of gathers momentum and then people kind of recognise a winner and suddenly it just becomes hmm. a, a, an unstoppable so force. So a huge amount, not, not the yeah, first then, a huge amount to play for. But then they could fall short and they've sure. fallen short they before. They could get an awful lot of votes yeah, but actually but not, get, not get that many seats. Yeah. That's a possibility. We've seen and that we'll, in the we'll, past as well. Undoubtedly it would happen in, to them in some constituencies but I think they're in with a chance of getting over the line in a large number of constituencies. So like, like all the parties, it's all to play for in the campaign. We are going to leave it there for this evening. Thanks very much to Pat and to Harry for joining us. Um, thanks also to our producer Suzanne, to JJ who's on the desk. You can subscribe to us in all the usual places. You can find us at irishtimes.com slash podcasts. Your views are very welcome. You can mail us at politicspodcast at irishtimes.com or you can find me on Twitter at hlinahan. You can also find Pat and Harry of course as well. And we'll be back with you very soon. 